Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This podcast is recorded on Noongar land. We'd like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and their elders who are listening today. We respect their spiritual relationship with their country. Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watched the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank, the show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall and co-host, Claudia McLeod. Hello and welcome to To Be Frank. This is the very first episode that we have recorded since going live, Mm -hmm. so I just want to Say thanks to everyone because we're number one in comedy on Apple Charts, <laughs> number 11 at the time of recording this. It might be better tomorrow. Who knows? The way podcasts work is very different to the way I thought they worked. Like I thought that it was like hundreds of thousands of downloads in order to get to the charts, but it's actually not like Facebook or Instagram where you get like hundreds of thousands of views. Like it's actually a lot. It's a smaller pool. And so if you're listening now, I want you to know that you are one of the people who makes up for a huge percentage of this podcast being successful. And I really appreciate it. Like it's not, don't think of this podcast as millions of people all over the world listening. Like it's pretty much just us and you. (laughs) (laughs) Us and one other person. Yeah. And we got the chart. So thank you. (laughs) We have, Claude, we have a special episode today, don't we? We do. We've got a very special guest. Some of you may recognize. Some of you may have may recognize him from such social media platforms (laughs) as Constance Wall. (laughs) And some lovely articles from the Daily Mail. (laughs) (laughs) Dens has never given an interview we've had quite a few um requests over the years after you know certain events like getting kicked off a plane (laughs) he's like like Britney Spears he just won't do one no exactly he is like Britney we just need to get him a mansion and some music a a pole and some triangle bikinis (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks for joining us Denzi my pleasure in the studio (laughs) (laughs) we're in the wagon listeners uh so anyway we wanted to get Denim on so we wanted to give him an interview Denim is my husband for anyone who doesn't know I'm obviously Constance Hall co-host is Claudia Denim is my husband he has been for we met in 2017 first fuck was March 17 (laughs) (laughs) of course the important one to remember were you on your phone then no no, yeah. I've told Claudia how I what, look at my phone while you fuck me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Tragic old people sense. <sighs> it went viral when I met him in January because I wrote a post about him. Like, you know, we weren't together or anything. I didn't even like, you know, I mean, I thought he was cute, but I wasn't like, you know, chasing him like he thought I was. And um, <laughs> I, I just met this beautiful man who like lived out of a bus with his two kids. His wife had passed away and his ex-wife, the kid's mother, and he lived this hippie life. They'd just, you know, driven around the country and I was just enamoured by him and his, like, views on parenting and life and he pulled a bug out of my hair and I was like, <laughs> I was just gone. Like, I had to change my knickers. <laughs> it was like there's a bug in your hair and he leant over and I was just like, what the fuck is this man doing? Why is he touching me? Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, that was the moment. We've been inseparable ever since. We've had our ups and downs. When I say inseparable, I mean inseparable. Like me and Dens, we made a video for our wedding that lasted 40 minutes. It was meant to be like a four-minute fucking clip. But we are just one of those couples that, you know, like you don't think you're ever going to fall in love like the way that we fell in love, don't you reckon? Totally. Yeah, I'm not just the only one saying this. He agrees. (laughs) (laughs) And blending the family wasn't easy, but like we just both had the exact same vision of what we wanted and and the wild, beautiful, crazy life that we wanted. We had our beautiful house down south that we still have. 
and life was just heaven. And no, it wasn't heaven. I, you know, obviously you look back with nostalgia, but we had our issues. But in 2020, the morning after my uh, birthday party, was at my 37th birthday party? So exactly three years ago. Oh, my fucking God, what's the date? Really? It might be three years ago today. No. Oh, my no, God, no, how no, weird. No. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is three years ago to the date. That is spooky. I know. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. And Dennis had a motorbike accident and it sort of changed our whole life because he didn't say goodbye to me in the morning. Mm. He just got up and I know, and I was kind of shitty at him. He was a bit shitty at me. You know, it was yeah, one of those so you don't say goodbye? He knows I wouldn't have wanted him to go to a motorbike ride because the roads were wet and we were going out for lunch with all the people that had come down south for my birthday. So mm. it was like, well, you had stuff on. Yeah. Ride. And then you're going to be gone all day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, here, he didn't say goodbye. I didn't say that. I think he must have wheeled the bike down the fucking driveway <laughs> so I didn't hear it. And um, <laughs> and then went to see some of our friends and then saw his motorbike buddy. And next minute, it's an hour or so later and or maybe two hours because he visited some people. His friend came in with this sort of, like, really weird look on his face and he was like, I got some really bad news. And I was like, what? And he was like, no, it's pretty bad. It's really bad. And I was like, what? What is it? And he was like, Den's been in an accident. And I was like, he's okay though. And he was like, uh, I just, like, resussed him, gave him mouth to mouth for 20 minutes. He had a seizure. And um, then Ziki emerged, Denim's, who at the time was 16. I know he already lost his mother yeah. when yeah. he was, how old was Zeke when he lost his mum? Seven. Seven. That's the first thing I thought when you when I saw, like, the state Denim was in was like, this just can't be happening to these kids, like. I know, I know, I know. And so I had to hold my shit together because I wanted, you know, I had to be there for Zeke and be strong and all the rest of it. And Zeke's come out of his room and he's just gone, no, 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 no. And I'm like. Oh, I just get tears in my eyes thinking about That's it. That's making me want to cry. <laughs> did you think? What so did you think? Horrible. Jens is a fucking survivor. Like, he could fall off a cliff and be okay. So Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? I was kind of in shock. Like, what do you mean it's bad? Like, Jens will jump up and get back on his bike any minute, surely. And he was like, I'm driving you out to the scene, but we've got the um, – the flying doctors coming to fly him to Perth. And I was like, well, that's dramatic. <laughs> and I put on my fur coat and got down. <laughs> and my heels and, he and there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, just wait. <laughs> no. And I didn't bring Zeke with me to the scene because it could have been grim. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we drove there and there was ambulances and there was cops and there was like roads blocked off. But Margaret River is a small town, so the cops all knew me and I got out of the car and I was running and he was like, stand back, stay back, stay back. He's in a really vulnerable state. He's not conscious. And I was like, I saw him and I only saw his legs as they were wheeling him into an ambulance to try and get him over to the plane where the plane could land. And his legs looked grey, like he looked like a corpse. There was just like no blood flowing through his body. And yeah, and I was just like, oh my God. Like I sent my sister a message. I said, Dennis has been an accident. I can't breathe. I don't know if he's going to be okay. And then my friend, the cop was like, I need you to promise me you're not. His name's Ralph. I love you, Ralph. He was really sweet. And um, because, you know, Ralph had seen me and Dan's have huge screaming matches down at the skate park. <laughs> I was like, Ralph, I really love him. And he was like, oh. <laughs> 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 and so he said to me, I need you to promise you're not going to drive. And my friend said, said he'll drive. And so me and Zeke just got in the car and we drove to Perth. And that's a three and a half hour drive for those of you that don't know. And by the time I got to Perth, you know, the doctors were kind of optimistic. They were like, look, we're worried about his back. We're worried. A cop did say he was moving his leg. So we think he should be able to walk, but it's definitely like we think it's broken. But the main thing is the head. You know, the, the doctors that work in the like ER, they, they kind of need to balance everything. Like who's going to take priority, the back doctors or the brain doctors? So the doctors all said it's going to probably be okay and we'll probably be going home in two weeks. It wasn't until the next morning that they said, no, like things have changed. The brain swelling's really bad. They drilled a hole in his head and they put this like gauge in there to check his swelling and it was like, and I was by myself then. I had all of his friends and all of our like close people the night before and all of a sudden I'm by myself and they're like, he is not coming back to you in a recognisable state. You need to understand that. And I was fucking livid. I put in all these complaints about that doctor. <laughs> I was like, he obviously doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. And then all of a sudden the media person from the hospital has come and said to me, need to release a statement. And I was just like really super protective about the brain damage thing. Like I just felt like yeah. me and Dan's love one of his favourite surfers, Sonny Garcia, there was an accident. He'd attempted suicide and, and then he had severe brain damage. And it was like the media just 
dying to get that shot of him. Awful. It's so and awful. Do you know what I mean? And everybody was hounding us anyway. Like people were going, just another less one less junkie on the streets. <laughs> and, you know, I wish she was on the back of the bike with him and all this stuff. The comments. Rank. It's so rank. It's so naughty for laughing. It's so rank. And then, and then that's all in Perth now. And then they're saying to me, oh, would you do an interview? About your husband. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm meeting outside in 10. Like, I'd love to. Like, just abuse me a bit more and wish for us to all die. A bit and more. totally, like, misconstrue what I'm going to say anyway, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think the rest is kind of history. Like, the, he actually, well, there's not history. It's actually quite beautiful. He, he woke up without knowing. You saw him, Claude. He didn't know if he was Arthur or Martha. <laughs> he was asking male fucking nurses for a blowjob to trade for a rattle weed. Like, it was pretty he, entertaining, though. Like, there were some funny moments there. Yeah, he was saying to me, I think those nurses have stolen my drugs and you have to look in their drawers. And I'm going over to the nurses and I'm going, I'm so sorry. Can I go through your drawers? He thinks you've got his drugs. And it's like he went back because Denim, everybody knows Denim was a drug addict for a long time and he'd been clean for I think five years when I met you. Yeah. Yeah, and so your brain goes back. Like he was a drug addict since he was like 18. So this is all his like formative years. Well, I guess not really formative, but as an adult. So he flipped back into that and yeah, um, that was do fun. all sorts of things like that when in that state. Like it can go back to all different. Oh, he thought that he was the lead singer of Chili Peppers Good and one. the nurses were just getting so much entertainment out of him. He was Everything he was saying was funny. It was always, even if it was rude, he'd kind of wink at me and it took my stress away because he was happy, even though he was like incontinent. He was like a sexual beast, like he was just trying to root everything and everyone that he met, but he was happy and so it sort of felt like. So interesting. It's really interesting. Brain injuries are so fascinating. Yeah. And he didn't couldn't remember anybody or in anything. And it was really sad because I was trying to get videos for his parents and stuff. And I'm like, you remember your mum? And he was like, oh, sorry. And I was like, do you know who Raji wow. is? And he was like, not so really. So when did that and come back? Well, he came in stage. The very first day he woke up, I said to him, do you know who I am? And he said, you're the queen. <laughs> and I said, well, I am. And I said, do you know how long we've been together? Because I had this fear that he was going to think that I was his ex-wife because they were together for a lot longer. <laughs> And uh, I know, how fucked is that? Like, you're going to lose your husband and you're jealous and she's not even alive. But he said eternity. So he, he kind of knew that we were, like, in love and he knew that I was his queen, but he didn't know my name, didn't know yep. years. But then that was the most coherent he got like, when he first woke up. Then he just went downhill and it was like he didn't even know if he was a human and everything was so fucking random. Do you remember this bit, Denim? No. No, no. For the first uh, gauge to be about a week, it was like as if dreams and reality were intertwined. And so everything was a dream state and everything that you said that you'd normally be able to see what effect it had on people, reflect back on what you said and how, how they reacted, it was just instantaneous. There was mm. no reflection whatsoever. But whatever was said was just in that moment. What's the first thing you remember or do you not remember that? Con coming to the foot of my bed and coming from my dreams in my dream state to being reality and her walking into the room and her being at the foot of my bed. And that, that was when everything sort of meshed together in my in my mind of what had happened, where I was, who I was, who she was, who everyone was. It all fell into place at that moment. It w- would have been at least a week. Um, no, it was or, like two weeks. Yeah, so, yeah, so you don't know. On, yeah. nine, on day nine, yeah, he doesn't know. On day nine, he was still measuring. It's like the Glasgow Coma Scale or something. And they said because he's still measuring so low, you're not going to get him back type thing. They didn't say you're not, but they said it's, it's unlikely that he will. And then it was like two weeks later or something when I came in, he just he didn't have that glazed look on his face anymore because he couldn't retain anything. Like he had a neck brace on. He was all, you know, like he, he'd been cuffed. He'd been not cuffed but tied because he was pulling at his neck yeah. brace all the time trying to rip it off. And so, like, you'd go, please, baby, please, please, just leave it. Like, you, you're, all your ligaments <laughs> are broken. You've got metal rods in your back. And he'd go, yeah, okay, I promise, I promise. And he'd go, thank you, give me a kiss. And then he'd go to rip it off. <laughs> you know, like, couldn't remember, couldn't retain. But on that day, I walked in and he was like, like he was trying to put the pieces together. He was like, so what happened? Oh, wow. I was like, I just knew. you know what? You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've got some insight. Mm. And I said, a bit, again, which I'd been telling him, there was a motorbike accident, but I had photos of everything, his kids, our house, our home, everything, so that a dog, so that he was getting that orientation back. When Once we gave him back his phone, he'd call and be like, what have I done? Because he felt like he was in jail. I'm so sorry for whatever oh, wow. it is that I've done. Please help me. Yeah, and so he said that in his head to me, he said that, 
our life with our home and our kids and everything was like this dream and he didn't know if this prison that he was in the hospital was his real reality or if the dream was and then he came and they said to us they would come home but like the funny thing is he would it was like have you ever watched that movie me myself and irene with Jim, yeah, Jim Carrey in it. Well, so Jim Carrey had two personalities. Oh, yeah. He and was Renee Hank. Zellweger. Yeah, he was Hank and he was another guy. He was himself. And so one night he rooted <laughs> Renee Zellweger and pretended to be himself, but really it was Hank. And, like, I just remember because it, it was really funny because she's like, she roots him and then she goes, oh, my God, were you him? And he goes, for once, could you just look at it from my point of view? I was horny. <laughs> 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 I just that was really horny. Like- anyway, so. Dance was like acting like he was normal and he like demanded that I rooted him and I was like, Is this We're normal? Like this of, like, overly sexual? Board. Is that like common for so. brain injuries? I think so. Well, if you've got no inhibitions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, look, I'll give you a blowjob. And so I went to give him a blowjob in his hospital bed, but he was just like, no, you fucking won't. And he was like pulling down my pants. And I was like, I hadn't had sex in forever as well. So, and then like two minutes later, he was like, I think that nurse has stolen something from us. And I was like, oh, my God, you're still brain damaged and I just fucked you. <laughs> oh, my God. So you actually bonked him in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, like, I don't even know if he can consent to that. If, when he Could have been. I actually remember it. <laughs> I remember it well. Wow. You remember it? Do you? Yeah. Don't you? Oh, no, yeah, his memories are all mixed up. <laughs> I think he, he might remember it. But then they said he could come home for weekend release the next week. Because they're like, we don't want that and going then, on here anymore, the, um, guys. You've got to go. That's right, because the OT was like, now we need to talk about sex <laughs> and, you know, what positions are going to be safe for his back. And I'm thinking Dens only has, like, one position that he does, which is on his side, lazy sex. So, I mean, and and I, she goes, have you guys broached that yet? And I said, yeah, we have. And she just rolled her eyes. And so I thought, I reckon lots of people are rooting their husbands in brain ward. <laughs> yeah, like now, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, it would it would happen. Yeah. He came home and then, you know, we were on cloud nine and I think this happens to a lot of people when there's an accident and you think it's going to be super bad, but it's not because they're back. So it's okay. And then all of a sudden, like the reality kicks in as soon as we got home and he couldn't remember anything and he couldn't get out of bed. He had, you know, like no motivation. And then, and I'm thinking that he's like back to normal because he's always been a quirky guy. You know, you're never going to get like a straight conversation out of him anyway. But then like the OTs were like, no, he's, you know, we did a brain function test and he's still like, you know, has very low, very poor brain functioning. There's lots of gaps in his processing and blah, blah, blah. But I would say to him, like, how did they come to that conclusion? And he's like, they asked me how many fucking ATMs there are on the street. And I said, what did you say? We've lived here for years. What did you say? And he's like, none, because I couldn't be bothered listening to this shit anymore. So how do they, is there just like one brain function test or are there different types of no. ones? No. So there's heaps of different types. Like there's OTs yeah. that do capacity you know, like what capacity yeah. you at for like for independent function. And then there's like what um, we had recently, mm-hmm. which was a comprehensive like neuropsych. I don't know if you really remember the first year after the brain injury and like how you just like weren't getting out of bed ever. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Why weren't you getting out of bed? Well, if you remember it, shall we? <laughs> Let's hear it, Denim. So you just couldn't be fucked? Like there was just can't be fucked about everything, not even showering, eating, drinking water. Yeah, I know, like the basic things. Do you remember what that felt like and why you couldn't or do you not know why? I don't have an answer for it, no. That's interesting. Weird. I mean, one, we had a really great psychiatrist at one point who said, and I think that this was a big game changer for us, he said the only thing he wants is you and his kids. So instead of giving him you guys every day and saying come on get out with us he doesn't need to do that if you live if we put him in an assisted care facility to live there then he gets to come home to you on the weekends he will get out of bed he will shower he will brush his teeth and I was like I could never put him in an assisted care facility because I think that that sort of for older people anyway I don't think there are many for that level of capacity you know what I mean yeah I think there's like a big gap there yeah and meanwhile, things were getting so bad at home that, like, I ended up kicking him out. You cannot do it. It's like, 
worse than another child. Like you just don't have capacity for it. And you can't get help from anyone, yeah. you know, like who else is going to be able to do yeah. it? And so we moved to Perth in with my mum and, and things got even worse because he didn't like being here with my mum. And um, not that they don't get along. That's a whole other podcast, that one. They get along, but, you know, like it's your mother-in-law, so he had more excuse to, you know, not get out of bed. And that's when I kicked <laughs> him out. I would say get up or get out. I was being super mean. Uh, you, you know, you look back and you just go, everybody's tolerance just gets there in the end, just runs out. I remember, you know, a couple of times that I'd say, we have heaps of friends around here, so there was places he could go. It wasn't like he had nowhere to go. Just leave, go and stay with, you know, them. And I just couldn't find him after that. Like we're talking three or four days and I knew that there were some places that he would go and sleep, like hide and sleep, like on the streets. We're talking like rundown houses. And I remember my mum taking it on. Why are you laughing, Dan? <laughs> He's so bad. Because you don't have to think about what I went through because my mum took, we were driving around looking for him. We had my neighbours looking for him. We Why are you laughing? Supports. You sound like Raji. <laughs> being traumatic. No, Raj always says to me, "Why are you laughing for dinner?" It's not even funny. <laughs> it's true. He laughs at everything. But then <laughs> what we did. I after you know, I remember Mum saying, you know, "I'm going to go into this derelict house that he that was like abandoned that he used to go and sleep in because we thought he might be dead." He told me, "If you leave me, I'm going to kill myself." He wasn't being coercive. It wasn't trying to control me. It was just, I don't have anything else to live for. And I was like, well, I can't. Anyway, shit got bad. Like, shit got really fucking bad and hard. And he was staying at a friend's house. And this is sort of the other thing that I wanted to talk about on this podcast was something that I haven't spoken about publicly before because I just didn't really think it was fair. And also I was getting mixed advice about what the right thing to say was, right? you know what I mean, rather than just being able to be honest. Because in 2021, or 22, 22, he had a driving on drugs charge with a restrained car, child in the car. So what happened is all of a sudden it's in the news, it's in the media that Denim had this like driving charge. It was one of these periods. We'd just moved to Perth. I'd booted him out. I went to a family member's kids barbecue and Denim had been really trying to get back into my good books and, and come and send me in the kids. So I'd said to him, you can come to this barbecue, right? And um, it's our family, so come. So he gets dropped off there. Then we spend the day doing the barbecue thing. And because I'm on that side of the city, I'd promised my friend Tash that we would go and see her afterwards. And she had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Tash was one of those beautiful people that always believed she was going to n- nail it. And she'd just been told by the doctors that it was time to start thinking, that you know, to start preparing for your death. And she was just so overwhelmed and so upset. And I'm rocking up with my kids. You know, she wanted to see us all. It was just one of those really fucking exhausting days. It's a warm day. You've spent the day in the park with these kids at a party. Then you've gone and done that. So then we get in the car to go home. Den's in the front seat. Raja's screaming his fucking head off. I drove for about five minutes and Den's is like, do you want me to drive? And I was just, because I was, you know, just fucked, just so fucking tired and sad and Raja's screaming and I was like, yes. Denim has driven since he was like four. Do you know what I mean? Like I knew he didn't have a license. I just went, yeah, I was just fucking exhausted. Had he lost his license because... Of the brain, of the brain injury. injury. He, he wasn't supposed to drive. Right. Yeah. But he used to, like, when we were in Margs, he would move my car for me. If I was like, can you go and, and I can't park, so he would reverse for me and stuff. Like, I just felt like. And who what? decides yeah. at that point, like, when you leave hospital, do they do, like, a brain function test and say, you yeah. can do this, you yeah, can't, right, do. okay. Yeah. That day that Denim was driving and we're driving down Sterling Highway and there's a fucking booze bus. And Guys, r- why were you going car. down the main highway? I know. You amateurs. Like, I wasn't, that's how tired I was. I wasn't even thinking Denim doesn't yeah. have a license. Plus, Denim's not drunk. So, like, even if he has to blow, like, I don't know, do you show your license? I don't know. So as we're driving past some cops, I've got a nice car. I used to get pulled over all the fucking time when I had a bomb. But because I've got a nice car now, I don't get pulled over. I'm not really stressed. But Raja has undone his seatbelt and climbed over my fucking shoulders into my lap in the front seat and they pull us over. And they saw it. And they said, yeah, we pulled you over because the kid's not restrained. And I was just like... But you saw that he was unrestraining himself as, you know, like, and they were like, we don't care. Like, he's, you know, good point, fair fair call. He shouldn't have been able to undo his own seatbelt, but some kids can. And then they said to Denim, fucking blow into here. I think he blew fine, but they said pull over because they asked him for his license. And then so, like, yeah, we got out of the car, me and Raj, and we were just, like, 
standing on the thing and Denim's gone into the bus and I'm like, why are they taking so long? Like, it's <laughs> just a driving without a license charge. I've actually never been done for drunk driving or anything like that. Like, I've, I think I've had a speeding fine once and that was because it was gone down to a 40 zone and I thought it was still a 50, you know what I mean? Like, I'm actually quite a responsible driver and a slow, boring driver. I've been in the bus. When I was in the bus, it was so embarrassing. Like, I got pulled over. I think I might have been on my piece and I just had like one drink. So they just took me into the bus to see if it would go down. And just as it happened, and it was on Stirling Highway as well, which for people listening at home is like a main highway between Perth and Fremantle. And, and of course, there was like cars backed up everywhere and people were going, Claudia, like there was three people that knew me in the line. <laughs> It's <laughs> so embarrassing. You're a car back. Oh. Yeah, well, they were like, you're not getting your car back. We're, we're towing it. We're impounding it. Impounding it. Oh. So Dennis Kamara comes out of the bus and I'm like, what the fuck took so long? And he was like, oh, drug um, in my saliva. And I said, what drug? And he said, Dexies. And now I didn't crack the shits because he's been diagnosed with ADHD. His psychiatrist had already said to us, mm. yeah, you need Vyvanse, you know, and but we never went to pick up the script because Denim never fucking follows through with anything and never sticks to anything. So I knew he wouldn't take the fucking drugs anyway. So and that's also my ADHD. I'm not following through with the appointments enough. So I didn't really care. I was I mean look, I was upset, but he really tried to help me and fucking you know, Denim was like, I've got quite a few driving charges in my history. Like I could <laughs> potentially go to jail for this. Here we go. And I called my lawyer and I was like, can you like, you know, he came home with the forms and stuff. And I was like, can you look into this? And she was like, Con, he's going to go to jail. And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, he had meth in his system. And I was like, Ew. meth, Denim, meth. And he was like, I am just as shocked as you. <laughs> He had been staying at friends' houses and obviously had a relapse of his addiction, a very minor relapse. To be completely honest, he reckons someone passed around a pipe, but a pipe that at a gathering that was at the house that he was staying the night before. He reckons he had the smallest amount that he was very shocked that it came up on his system. He slept, so he felt like he was yep. like completely fine. And I guess when you have that history of drugs, you know, your tolerance, you kind of know yourself. I don't know. I don't know. It was such a shit time because I was just like, I can't. I just can't. Like, I can't cope. And that's when yep. he went down to Esperance and I felt like he was – just kind of confused about the whole thing as well. Like I just felt really fucking guilty. I felt like this is all my fault. And my lawyer, she said to me, Con, there's nothing about you even being in the car on the papers. I don't want you to even come to the courts because according to the papers, what well, the papers are going to pick up on, he was recklessly driving on drugs with a kid unrestrained in the car, yeah. which to me is so much fucking worse than what really happened. And Denim said, no, no, no I don't want you to come. Mm. I don't want you to like ruin your whole career and I don't want them to see you and your face be on the paper. So basically like the real story, the story that, you know, obviously we know and my family knows and my close friends know is to me it's shitty. It's super shitty and we both feel really embarrassed and ashamed of it. But Dens took the full brunt because I knew he didn't have a licence. I was in the car. I didn't know that he had drugs in his system but I knew that Raja had pulled himself out of his car seat and climbed over the top of us. And I was the one that wasn't brain injured. Do you know what I mean? There was a huge part of me that I get cheery just thinking about it. Like he just took the whole blame. Everyone just fucking went to town on him. Like I told you, he's just this stupid junkie and blah, blah. Nobody knew that he couldn't get out of bed without fucking, with, well, he tried. And he tried, he was, the only reason that he wanted, that he even smoked it again was because he wanted to find something to give himself some kind of reason to live, you know. To feel something. What will you do to me? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it was just such a shithouse time and, and he's such a solid man that he was just like, don't you dare come to court, don't you dare like release a statement and tell them that, you know, that you were in the car and that it was a, driving at a safe speed and I wasn't hooning around mm. or anything because you'll, you'll, you know, everyone will just say that you're a fucking darrow too. Just let them think <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I know that I'll cop a lot of shit for saying this on this podcast, but 
I just don't really care because I'm like, <laughs> when do I not cop shit? I could do- donate a million dollars to Africa and I'll Doesn't matter what you're going to say, you're going to cop it. So say what you want. No, this is what's real. Like the relationship, the love, the support you get from your yep. friends, that's what's real. That shit's just people being judgy and, and shit does happen. I mean, Denz has never dealt drugs. He's been in, I, I really do believe that drug addicts, it's not a get out of jail free card. You can be a shit cunt drug addict and you can be a fucking great cunt drug yep. addict. You know what I yep. mean? Like, but I do believe that they have been victimized by the system as well. And no one has any fucking time or support for yep. them. So it was when he went to Esperance and then when he came back, we got him an apartment and things just went from strength to strength. Dens was going to the gym. And since then, it's been a year, maybe a year and a half now. They say that after two years you don't really recover much more, like where you, you get up like, two years. Almost like that incident needed to happen for that, you maybe know, like. That rock bottom so that we separated. Yeah, and you went, right, I and, can't cope with this anymore. Like, And when, you know, and yeah. when you come back, this is what's going to happen. Exactly. And it's like not something that happens overnight. It's just that routine of every day he got his support workers coming five days a week at one stage. Mm. And two weeks ago, just before I went to Bali, we had a comprehensive brain assessment, which is what you're supposed to have at two years, but because Denim disengaged for a year, they gave him more time for right. it. So this is where we sat down for like two, eight hours. Eight hours. Denz, I haven't let you talk at all, but this What's is our going? life. I don't let Denz talk. <laughs> eight hours in one session or do they break it up into two? I, I couldn't do that. No, no, no. two four-hour days. So, I mean, someone with a brain injury, how could you? Quite took me kicking and screaming the first day. I did not want to go. Yeah, I could not explain how much I did not want to go to it, especially because I knew there was four hours. And I call them brain massages as well, which talk about your feelings was like the last thing I wanted to do. <laughs> but I went there and I met this guy and four hours went past in, uh, I felt like 20 minutes. Wow. And I just fell in love with him <laughs> and I couldn't wait to go back. You guys and you're falling in love with doctors. I couldn't, couldn't wait to go back the next day and spend another four hours with him. Really? Yeah. Crazy. He was absolutely wonderful. And during the brain massage, there was some benefits to it where I come out the other side and I actually noticed like a change mentally of just my willingness to get up and, and, and do stuff more and be more engaged. Yeah, it was, uh, there, was nothing, change because- there was nothing so much in that discussion about that sort of stuff. It was all this other stuff like trivia and memory and coordination, all those sort of things, but somehow that triggered my motivation. I just feel a lot more motivated now. Is it because you feel like more positive about things? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because at the end of the eight hours, like he brought me in for the out for an hour to discuss where Denim's at, brain functional. And he was like, you know, firstly, I want you to know that if it was, this is a very fucking interesting fact, I think, if it was, Denim's main, like, drug addiction was opiates. And he said, I want you to know that if it was, like, meth or if it was alcohol, especially Mm. alcohol, he would not be functioning the way that he is now. Like, he has gotten off so lightly for somebody that took drugs for that long. And then brain injury-wise, he said his capacity to function is at the level that you need to go to university to get a degree, to become a teacher or to become a physio or to be a police officer, any of that sort of stuff. His capacity, he's got some small problems with multitasking, a slightly slower processing speed with light, with audio, something like that. But he actually like, and even just hearing that and just knowing that because I've been often sort of looking at him like, are you even following? Yeah, you just or are you just know. saying, yeah. you just don't know. And he and the doctor was like, but most of all, his value system and the person that he is, if we didn't have a patient doctor problem, like pr- we'd not be able to breach those um, boundaries, I would want you in my life. Like you are such an amazing Oh, my God, I know. I was like, see, I knew he was an amazing <laughs> yeah, guy. And this doctor like, like- Become friends? Oh, he can't because, you know, he can't. Yeah, he can't. Oh, no. he can't yeah, but he was like Whoa, really, what like really encouraging. Yeah, yeah. It was I, such an encouraging. The most positive thing that I heard from was that he said that I have an awesome sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> he loved that I was funny. <laughs> I loved that I was able to swear the whole time because I couldn't stop swearing. But the amount of different tasks that I had to do and memory tests and stuff like that, I was just like, fuck. <laughs> but he was cool with it. He, oh, he'd say, he would divine. say it all. So what did they do? Yeah, Dennis, do you want to answer that? It was basically, uh, to put in a nutshell, a whole lot of memory stuff. To give you an example, there was a piece of paper that he gave me with from top to bottom, a four piece of paper, and the whole paper, it said red, 
blue or green, just the words. But then each word was in the opposite color. So red would be blue and blue would be red and like so on. And you'd have to go through and ignore the color but read the word. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like skipping for your brain because yeah. your brain wants to say the color it is but it has to overrule that. And then there was a whole heap of other stuff as well. He had like trivia about Beethoven and bloody. Um, Asking who wrote Hamlet? Yeah, yeah. And really, really broad, broad stuff. Yeah, 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 totally. Who was the English Prime Minister in World War Two? And you knew the answer <laughs> yeah. to that. How yeah. crazy is that? I would not know the answer um, to that. Who was Edmund Hillary and what was he famous for? Did you know? Yeah. See, he's a clever. I don't know. Who, who is it? Uh, who's Antarctic Explorer? See, this would worry me because I've never known that kind of stuff. Well, he told me as well. I didn't know that um, Edmund Hillary was from New Zealand. I'd claim him as Australian, but I guess every Australian claims New Zealanders, don't they? Yeah. And vice versa, I think. If I could claim myself as a New Zealander, oh, I would. Same. I love New Zealanders. We love New Zealanders. I, know, right? a, I bet all of, our follow, all of our listeners have been from New oh, Zealand. Oh, they're just such <laughs> awesome people. Like, I've never met a Kiwi that I didn't love. Yeah. They're just. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. So. Let's go there for a holiday. <laughs> Um, okay. It's amazing. I love you it. You a passport to go there because my kids don't have passports, but we'll talk about this oh, later. Oh, yeah, you but, do. Um, and, then, and then they also said to him, like, they would tell him huge stories. Like, oh, yeah. Massive ones. Like, Janice has got four kids at home. She just got pulled over for drunk driving. She needs right, to, she got just robbed. To $54. Yeah, and then and with all these details, she's a baker. <laughs> she, you know, did this, 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 and then the police decided to throw a fundraiser for her to do this and this, and she lives yeah, in yeah. fucking, <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that's what he was telling me about on the way home. Yeah. And I was just like, and then you have to repeat the story. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what? And then he would say like 30 words, like cabbage, book, yeah. photocopier, you know, and then say, <laughs> say all the fucking words again. Wow. And so at the end of it, we got told that we haven't received the full report yet, but he told us that his recommendation is going to be that Denim gets the working driving clearance. Not that Denim's ever going to work again, <laughs> but driving was his job. So he still lost his license until the end of next year anyway. But like That's he, amazing. He, I, I cannot explain how difficult my life has been without Den's driving. Mine as well, like for my motivation as well, not being of able course. to get the car and go to like my river, go surfing, check the beach, just anything, go anywhere. Just, anything. just having that option. Like it's so, exactly. yeah. So I was saying to Con, you know, the other day, but it's like I totally get it. It's like when people are old and they lose their licenses, it just does them in, you know, that loss yeah, of independence. Yeah. Totally. Which is so sad because, you know, they have to lose their license. It's not safe in in some mm. cases. I don't know, maybe many not. But, you know, I remember when I was pregnant and Denim always drove everywhere and then I had to drive to Bustleton myself one day on my own and I remember thinking like I had the music on, I knew where we were going, I was parking, I was switched on. I got home and I said to Denim, I've got such dopamine today because I've been switched on so I feel really energetic and great whereas I realised that when you're driving I just sort of switch off and that's what Denim has done and that's contributed to like a slower, you know, getting better I think. Wow. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think it slowed him down a bit because he has become a passenger in life. I can't say, Denim, I need you to go to the shops. I need you to get this, this, and this, and then I need you to go to Bunnings because you need to fix this deck. Or So many factors and you feeling so shit about everything and then hearing from this doctor that it's actually positive has changed yeah. your, yeah. your mindset and your outlook on things. Everything. Yeah, totally. I've even rooted him more. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I have. I'm finding him more attractive. Wow. I've always found him super attractive. Yes, because he's more motivated and he's happier. Yes, yeah. That's and he's a, an adult. He's a functioning fucking adult. Yep. And he can't pretend not to be anymore. Yeah, denim. Weaponized incapacity. No, what is it? Weaponized. <laughs> what is it, Dens? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, come on. Everyone was accusing you of having it. Weaponized. Um, you know, when you pretend that you're stupid, it's like, you should pretend. Yeah, yeah it's like selective hearing, but mm-hmm. for your brain. Yeah, it's killing me that I don't know because I've said it a million times since I learnt it. There is always going to be a bit of that as well. Like yeah. I can't do that. And he, we have a personal joke. You know, he goes brain injury, and I go, I'll just fuck off with that. Like TBI. I'm, yeah, I'm done with that, Denim. You can do this, and now he's got nowhere to hide. It's like. Get up, mate. You're Get up and it. do it. Get up and, and do it. he wants to do it. No one wants to be depressed. Mm. But, but he wants to say, now. Yeah, but the doctor did yeah, say he has slight, like he said, the funny thing is Denim would embarrass me more. They asked me on a scale, like scale, like when <laughs> does he say things in public that embarrass you? And it says like how often before the injury and how often after. And I'm like all the time before the injury. 
but like hardly ever after, he almost is more considerate yes, now. Yes, I've noticed which, that. Yeah, he's straight. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke weed. I mean, he might smoke a little bit of weed like once a week or something, but he doesn't, you know, he's definitely got a much healthier lifestyle, yeah. except in general it's been he's had more time to reflect on who he is and, and how he's contributing to our lives and, and how he wants to make the people around him feel. I think that he's sort of matured in that way. But the problem is that his motivation and, and mm. apathy levels have absolutely plummeted since the right. accident and so I think that just having this assessment done has has brought them back up again because he sees well actually if I want to travel like he's I said to him what do you want like what do you want apart from mm. me and sex like what do you and food and he's like I'd love to travel again and he's like we just don't have enough money and I'm like well we can work towards that like that's doable if that's something that you want to do and so like it's like it's really it's really important to, to have those things it's like when you get back from a holiday so and you're important. depressed you've got to book another one in you've got to have something to look forward to so all the time these are yeah, yeah. great goals i actually read a study or not a study an article <laughs> i read an article about people surviving with stage four cancer and like all of the people that had survived for past the five-year mark had said that they had to constantly give themselves something to look forward to and i don't think that's just people that are like that are terminally ill right? well, i think that applies to everyone oh me too like we all need to go okay once a year we're going to go to bali or you know even if it's just down to cow barry or whatever it is like anyway just get surf, away bluff no like bluff no <laughs> red bluff <laughs> but even going away like getting in the car like he said and you know to be able to go surfing like, it's huge yeah exactly and it's all the things that i found so hot about him you know like i loved who he was i still love who he is but i want him to have his own independent wants and needs and not just feel like he is here to support what i'm doing yeah. Because he's he's his own fucking man and he's a, you know, fully capable, sexy motherfucker. <laughs> so will you have to do like a practical driving test if he writes that report? I think so, yeah. 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 And we also have to pay off his fines. <laughs> I can't believe how many people actually end up in jail for unpaid fine. driving related offences. Unpaid fine, driving related offences. It's yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I mean, it depends on how much his fines are, but I could probably send him to jail for a few weeks just to pay them off. Like, can you still do that? <laughs> My stepdad used to say you could do Take that. Take one for the team, Dennis. <laughs> Look, it's contributing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you can have your holiday when you get out. And the problem <laughs> yeah. was that when he w- was potentially facing jail time, he didn't care. Like, he literally did not care. I was like, Denim, you won't survive in hospital. And I talked to my friend, I mean, in hospital, in jail. I talked to my friend whose husband had been in jail and she was like, I was like, can you ask him if Denzel's going to be okay in jail? And and she goes, come on, Denzel's like a little old man compared to the Ben in jail. No one's going to hassle him. (laughs) And I was like. That's nice of her to say, but I don't think that's the case. I know, he's got a pretty pretty face. Like it just wasn't, yeah. And he was like, it's fine, it's fine. Don't worry about me. If I have to do time, I'll do time. And I'm like. Oh, shit. <laughs> Far out. That is so, so interesting. Yeah. So does everyone that's had a brain injury have to do that, the more comprehensive test, after two years? I don't know. Because everything for us is set up through this thing called ICWA, which is insurance that Denim had. It's like third party, but it's own fault or no fault accident. And so, like, if, you know, I think 30 people a year get it and it just funds your medical expenses, basically. We don't get any money or anything like that. His support workers were funded. Which is huge. Huge, huge. I mean. I love support workers. Oh, man. Like, they've become some of Dan's closest friends. They're amazing. Amazing human beings. They are the most amazing human beings. They see it all. They know it all. And then you get these big wigs coming along and saying, oh, we've made these decisions. And you're like, talk to the support workers. They can make the fucking decisions because they're the ones that are on the ground every day and they know the people. They fucking find ways to relate. And, yeah, so ICWA has arranged everything for us. I don't know whether... If you didn't have that insurance, whether it would, yeah, I think like the general hospitals would probably do that. But I think with the insurance, it might be more of a, we want to see where your capacity is at so we can stop paying for your services. Oh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's all about money at the end of the day, isn't it? So you're not going to still have the support workers? Well, we're in a bit of a um, pickle with the support workers at the moment because the funding, Denim used to pick Raja up from school. That was really fucking helpful for him. He came miles doing so that. So cute. Cute. And he was developing a relationship with people at the school. He was knowing that he had to wear shoes to do school run. He wasn't allowed to <laughs> vape in the car. You know, things that Denim is very non conformist and it was it's good for him to have to switch on and have to so that was going really well and then they said we're not approving that anymore they still want him to have the support workers 
they're just not allowed to go and pick up Raja from school. And we were like, why? From the very beginning, from the accident, when he had his goals, his goals were always to be a better husband, to be a better father and to get back in the water. And so they constantly talked about getting him back in the water and surfing, but they were ignoring his domestic duties. So they're choosing the yeah. yeah, and I pulled up evidence. I pulled up like his very first, as soon as he was coherent, he put these as his goals. And this was an assessment by a neuropsychologist at the hospital. And they wrote this report. He wants to be a better husband to his wife. He wants to be, he wants to be with his kids more. And so I'm saying this is who he is just because he doesn't fucking work a paid yeah, job. Yeah, you're more likely to succeed if it's something that you want to do, yeah. right? and I think it might be a big problem with the industry because I wrote a post about it. I just mentioned it. I wasn't like bagging the system, but I had a woman saying to me, oh, my God this is happening to me. I have support workers. Don't they realize I just want to pick my children up. I just want to make them a nice meal. I just want to spend time with my kids. Instead, they're making me go and do fucking macrame courses. Do you know what I mean? It's so condescending. It's like, yeah, the biggest thing I've learned it about really brain, it really is. Biggest thing I've learned about brain injuries is that a brain injured person is the exact same fucking person. They might just have a, a memory is different or processing time is different but they still want to do the cool shit and be the cool person that they were. Just be able to make their own choices about what they want to do. Exactly. Exactly. They want to live a fucking normal life like the rest of us, but they don't get treated like that. So maybe this will happen for a reason so I could change some legislations. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Imagine. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, watch this space. Watch this space, guys. You're going to, we'll do a follow up interview in a year and Denzel will be like fucking. John Senior. <laughs> <laughs> How amazing. I, I can't believe it was yeah, eight hours. That's full on. Yeah. Full on for the doctor as well. That's a long time. But, like, Denim hasn't seen his support workers once since. Like, he walks around like he thinks he's fucking John Travolta, I swear. He is, I don't need support. Like, look at me go. And uh, I'm concerned. Good. <laughs> I have my concerns. <laughs> That's amazing. It is amazing. Just ama- yeah, what a difference. I know. You're amazing. You are too. You're an anomaly. When he was in his coma, the doctor said to me, what would he want you to do? And I was like, he would want me to get him the fuck out of here. And he said, she said, okay, well, let's try this then. What would he be doing if that was you in the coma? And I was like, he would be getting me the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think you quite realise who you're doing. On day two. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your last memory before the accident? I don't remember an hour before going for a ride. Of the, Not only did the accident take all my memory away, but an hour previous, I don't even remember going to my mate's house. I can yeah, remember right. getting ready to go for a ride, but then everything's a bit blurry. Yeah, a bit blurred, yeah, a bit yeah, sort totally. of mm. So, yeah. And I'm nothing. Like, what about when you were in the coma? Any, any like, juice? No. When I come out of the coma, only because Con filmed it, did I say stuff about being, she did. being in the seventh, seventh dimension? I had no. I had to Google if there even was a seventh dimension. <laughs> but apparently, I was in the seventh dimension. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah he yeah, was I super spiritual. He was like Zeke's here, and Zeke was downstairs in the cafeteria. He's like Zeke's here. I can feel him. He goes to me. I, I wish could, I could. Wow. I could actually see him in my mind's eye, where he was, a place I'd never been before. It was like I was like a. a Fly on the wall, sort of like from above. I had a top view of where where Zeke was in this cafeteria. Yeah, it was sort of a beyond words, just like a feeling, a knowing, and a vision of him. And also, he was saying to me, "I wish I could bring you up here. I wish I could hook you up here." And I was like, "Where the fuck in, into that other dimension?" Yeah, I was like, "That's not fair. We go everywhere together." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty crazy. That's stuff. wild, isn't it? And yeah, like yeah. I mean, one thing I would say to anyone who has a loved one in a coma is that he was. When he was in his coma, I was playing him his favourite music the whole time, John Frusciante. And then when he woke up, I was like, honey, do you want me to put on some music? And he said, anything but John Frusciante, come on. <laughs> and I was like, they can hear all that. Yeah. And like, this is why loved ones are so important because the day that, like, when he was still non responsive and they were, you know, wondering whether he would ever respond again, I came in. It must have been like, day three of him waking up from his coma and his eyes were just sort of looking at the, at the sky, you know, like he wasn't there. And as I walked in, I saw him track me with his eyes and they, the doctor said, I was like, any changes? And they said, no, still not responsive, not tracking. And I said, that's bullshit. He just tracked me. And the doctor said, no, he's not. He said, watch this. And he stood over him and he goes, denim, denim, denim cook. Denim and Denim just did nothing. And I was like, all right, well, watch this. I was like, Denim, honey, you need to look at me now. Look at me, baby, because I'm going to get you out of here. And he like moved his eyes and tilted his head a bit. And the doctors went, 
they all when we we all saw that we have to mark him down as responsive and I was like <laughs> and the other thing, the other sleigh moment that I had was when, like, they told me that because he was a smoker, only smoked joints, never smoked cigarettes, but they were like 10% pot. So, you know, there was tobacco in it. He, <laughs> he could get pneumonia, you know, because he's in a coma and he's ventilated. I had that on my brain that he could get pneumonia. And I was watching so many old videos of me and him. And I noticed that he, <clears throat> a lot, like he just does, and I never noticed that before. And that's what smokers do they <clears throat> to clear their throat. And if you're in a coma and you can't do that, that's why you can get pneumonia because you're not clearing uh-huh. your throat. And so anyway, they told me that he might get pneumonia. Like, you know, we've got to watch out for that anyway. And so I came in in the morning and I held his hand and I know my husband so well. Like you don't know how well you know your husband until you have to figure it out. And I know where he holds heat in his body and where he doesn't and his hands are always cool to touch. And I held his hands and they were hot and I was like, he's getting pneumonia. And they were like, no, he's not. And they did all the listening to his lungs and stuff and they said, no, he's not. I said, he is. He's getting an infection. And the next day they said, oh, well, you were right. He's got pneumonia. Not that it was a slay moment at the time because <laughs> I was super worried about pneumonia killing him. But it's just, to me, it was like there is nothing as valuable as your loved ones when you're in that vulnerable state because they know every little fucking thing about you. They know what will motivate you to wake up. They know, you know what I mean? Like it's so powerful to and and so important to keep those connections. You would probably have to do it for me because Zens wouldn't have a fucking clue. You would have to be <laughs> she's angry. I think she's angry. Someone get Zens out of the room. <laughs> No, for me it would be my bum because you know how my bum's always cold yeah, to touch. Yeah, yeah imagine yeah. touching my bum and it was hot. Yeah, right. yeah my, bum, my bum goes cold as well. Really? I've always thought I had bad yeah. circulation in my bum. <laughs> mm. And I can actually feel that my bum's cold when well, it's like too. that. Me too. Me too. Weird. Anyway, it's a great note to wrap things up on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else get cold bumps? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I'm actually really grateful that you. I've been waiting a long time to hear that story because I wasn't allowed to hear it until. Yeah, Claudia's wanted to know how the doctor went, but I didn't tell her because. So I haven't told her for two weeks how the doctor went because we wanted to do it on the podcast. Super interesting. I love you, Claudia, and thank you for being such a beautiful like friend and co-host because I don't think I could have told that story to anyone else. I would have been like, get away from me with your judgy eyes. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, we will see you guys. I'll speak to you guys next week. We don't know what we're going to be talking about next week yet. See what see what's happening. Yeah, but please keep listening because like me and Claudia need, you know, we need this to take off and so we can give everyone the fucking finger. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it's super fun. I'm loving doing it. So I don't want to stop now. Yeah, me too. I feel really inspired now because like I, having it go live has just made things different. It's real. Yeah. 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 Lots of positive feedback too, which is awesome. Yeah, because we actually don't know what we're doing. So it's fucking cool. It's all very new. Yeah. It was a, it's amazing that we actually get all the audio equipment set up, really. Yeah, I know. Like this might not have even recorded. <laughs> Probably. We actually did do that once. <laughs> oh, that. There could be a buzzing noise. This has been a really good interview. Thank you so much, Danzy. Thanks, Dan. Always sharing your life with our bloody audience. Thanks for listening to another episode of To Be Frank. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, be sure to click follow. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world. 